Hello! Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. We are here trying to help stimulate the middle class of music. Stop pressing CDs. What is the reason people don't hit publish? Fear. Consistent, quality content. Did you know that uh, Vance and I want to answer your questions? We do. It's true. Hashtag Ask Tom and Vance. Or you can call, what's the number? You can call 615-682-1811. And when you call, leave your name and the city you're from and your question and we'll play it on the show. Yeah, we will. And answer it for you. As long as your question's not weird. Yeah, don't be weird. Welcome back to the Music Stuff Show. Where we Do I look at the camera? That's I guess good, I do look at the camera, question. don't I? It, what do you? What kind Take of guy two. you want? No, this is going in. What kind of guy you want to be? Oh, this is how I want to live my life. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, uh, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I this is the first time we're doing video, so I really don't know to look at this or not, or if I look at Vance or whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be cameras, so... Oh, my God. I need... Hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, today is special. We have a guest today. Uh, That's right, we do. Vance, who we have with us? My dear friend, Taylor Hughes. Hey, everybody. Ow! Thanks for letting me uh, crash the party. Who's this is great. Taylor Hughes? Guys, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, aside from being an all-around wonderful, delightful person to hang with... Uh, Taylor is a super dope magician. I keep wanting to say musician because we spend our whole life a musician. Maybe he does musical magic. A musician. A musician. I've been <laughs> I've been introduced at so many events as we've got a great musician tonight, and then I come out and people like ten minutes in are like, "When's he gonna play something?" <laughs> <laughs> this guy doing card tricks for. I do want to brag about you though. You were the first person to do all three rooms in the historic. Magic Castle in L.A., correct? I, I was the first person... Under 21, right? Under 21 to do him, yeah. No kidding. And I've been riding that ever since. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, so he has flexed on that for a long time. Right. Uh, uh, he low-key is headlining some shows in Vegas on and off here and there at the Paris. Yep, I got a buddy who's uh, who's got a weekly show at the Paris, and I'm filling in for him in a couple weeks here. So if you're out in Vegas, go check out The Real Deal with all the glitz and glamour. Uh, They're going to expect sparkles now when they come. Yeah, well, right, right. a Ele- nice sequin jacket. Yeah. Elevate, Taylor. Velvet lapels. <laughs> help there, me help you. <laughs> there, is, there, there is a spot downtown Nashville where you can buy like ri- like studded jackets, like rhinestones, mm. sparkly. Gross. Yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> I, My wife Take had to a little keep piece me from Nashville going away. I was you. like, <laughs> the redneck Las Vegas, if right. you will. Welcome. And he also has an awesome podcast that I'm a fan of called About to Break that talks about entertainers trying to not lose it and hit their breaking point while trying to make it. Yeah, it's pretty much, uh, that's life. It's a roller coaster. I feel like our audiences definitely overlap. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Because yeah. honestly, I'm going to be real, and I'll say this. Uh, if you don't like magic, I don't like you. You're lame. <laughs> Magic's cool. And those, go find another show. Those people who try to dig into like how's he doing it rather than just sitting back and enjoying it. Yeah, I want to be entertained. You know, there's an old, uh, there's an old. I think Pete Holmes was doing the joke about how, 
magic's like the one art form that people tr- most people are trying to ruin it for themselves totally. like while it's happening yep and uh i just love it man i freaking love wonder i'm like yeah. where did it go yeah. we traded it it's gone we have the internet yep. now refusal so to grow up man keep the childhood alive yeah, man like you don't get many santa claus moments as a grown-up like take yeah. take the ones you get totally yeah. yeah my favorite and i guess this is just diving in i so i feel like i've seen you do a decent amount of tricks at this point <laughs> i i want to be clear when i out of the hundreds of tricks i've probably seen you do there's maybe two or three where you like warmed up with the kids starter trick just to see where <laughs> we were kids, all out <laughs> that I like again, maybe like a trick or two that I'm like, I know what they're supposed to be doing to make that happen. Because when I was young, I had the little kit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the real wonder to me watching people like you is I know what's supposed to be happening. I'm looking for it to happen and I still can't see it happen. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal, man. That's great. That's when it works. That's when it works. That's what it looks like. I love it so much. Like I know there's something going on up there, but I can't see it from here. Mm. Yeah, there's there's plenty of times that, uh, you know, you go out and you're like, okay, this is gonna be great, and then you do it, and you're like, I'm never doing that again. You know, so it's, yeah. it's nice to hear that it worked for you. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love magic <laughs> so much. Oh, man. I will say, I guess, because this is also new, doing interviews is a new season yeah. two edition. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should clear up. Obviously, we're going to have musicians and yeah. go-to obvious people. But something that we really wanted to do is we thought it would be cool to bridge the gap because we think – that while we love and support everybody in bands trying to make it in bands and like a lot of what we do is to try and encourage people to be more successful in that we kind of want to like broaden the view uh because music is such a huge part of everything right music's the soundtrack of life so whether you're creating it whether you are using it uh actually i know for a fact that you use music as a part of your show and the funny part is that no one realizes that you're the one doing it oh yeah like wait what part of what? <laughs> so so throughout the show, I use music as kind of a soundtrack to the show. Sure. You know? So behind a certain piece, I'll have a pad of music playing. Or as I bring people on and off stage or at the end mm-hmm. of an effect, sometimes we'll cut to a music track just to yeah. you know give it more of a theatrical feel. Right. And years ago, you know, I, I wanted to add music into the show, but I realized... You know, if you have 27 different cues you're going to use in a 45-minute mm-hmm. set... Yeah. Uh, to try to teach that to a sound guy who probably could care less about the job right. he's doing that day. You right, know? yeah. He's running a corporate event, and he's got to work with a magician. Like, I feel awful for him <laughs> sure. having to... I'm like, sure. okay, when I say Campbell Soup, you're going to play this track. <laughs> you know, so... I have uh, seen that go wrong Oh, in it's person. so it's wrong, so wrong. Uh, so a few years ago, uh, magicians started working together with, like, tech guys and designed, like, these triggering systems where... It's a RF remote. Nobody knows that you're controlling it, but literally every sound cue in my show, I'm cueing while I'm on stage. What do you use to cue it? Like, a, is it fingers? There's, a foot switch. Uh, I use a. I use a. It's a remote that's in my pocket. Okay. And it's got a like a little jewel bead on it, so I can literally. It's right where my hands rest, uh-huh. and I can tap it. And I'll even put like a three to five second delay on each track, so that my yeah. hands are free when the music starts playing. Yeah. But there's crazy systems out there. The one I use is called Audio Ape. Okay. 
they make another one called Media Monkey that literally literally runs uh, QLab on Mac, mm-hmm. so you can run sound and lights and video. And I have friends who work like Dude. theaters and cruises that run their entire show from their pocket. It's ridiculous. That's an incredible tool for somebody oh, who's like a bar band, and mm-hmm. maybe you invest, say, five hundred bucks in some some form of lighting system, right? And something like that. I know guys who use Ableton. They'll route everything through Ableton yep. Live, and then have like a foot switch, yeah, and cue yep. things like that. But that's another. I'm gonna look into that. My nerdery just freaking went through oh it's the roof, great man, man. or if you're a vocalist and you're using yeah. tracks and you're like you know how how awful is that you you see someone come up and they're gonna sing a song and it's like oh no play the next one start 20 seconds into the fourth track <laughs> <laughs> so. so and you can you can fully customize it to be fluid like oh yeah where things stop and start and like oh yeah yeah like i i literally it's, not like it's constantly playing and you have to hit next track next track and if it doesn't stop in time no 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 so you can Dude, like let's amazing. say you have a specific track that you know okay this is 20 seconds and i want it to fade out yeah. and queue up the next track it'll do that automatically if you want it yeah or let's say you go hey this routine i'm gonna want between four minutes and six minutes of music and i don't know because i'm mm-hmm. using audience and it's improvised right you can have a button that when you hit it, no matter where you're at in the track, it does a five-second fade-out and cues up your next cue. What? It's ridiculous. Dude. This dude. is becoming an ad for Audio Ape. That you're welcome. So My buddy rad. Charles. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it, but it's so subtle. Yeah. Like as someone that has done audio for mm-hmm. a very long time, yeah, I know he's doing it, mm-hmm. and it's so hard to see it happen. <laughs> yeah. Like it's I've been impressive. that guy doing that kind of thing from the drum kit. Yeah, with triggers and pads and stuff and foot totally. switches while trying to quarterback the show with other musicians. Yep, and trying to keep it fluid. Like we would insert periods for vamp for audience participation and stuff like right. that, and to try to keep that fluid. I'm, I've, of course, it's different because I was always and will always as the drummer be bound by tempo and yep. and downbeat, so it can't be quite as fluid. But to keep that fluid was tough. I had to really get into the software and like figure out all right how can i do this so nobody notices oh yeah it was i love doing stuff like that. yeah it's a it's a game changer man like even i mean you could have it hooked up to like a geyser fog machine and like literally every time Mm -hmm. i push this button it's gonna fire off haze or whatever like it's ridiculous man i want to just i want that right now so i can go like (laughs) oh really (laughs) (laughs) just like fire for no reason just A flamethrower. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Music Stuff Show. (laughs) Local podcasters burn house down. (laughs) But no one saw him do it. Right. (laughs) I will say, I think there's an important lesson in here to be taken away. Aside from the super fun of fire and fog and smoke and all of that good stuff. I actually love taking the little steps to add more value. Because yeah. especially for our audience, yeah, lots of people are like, I wrote a song, let me play my song. like, right. And that's kind of it. And they're like, right. no, I did my thing. And are like waiting for other people to be blown away by the fact that they wrote and played a song mm-hmm. versus like, you don't have to have a million dollars. Like, you know, I know in your world, you talk about the, the Copperfields and all those guys and oh, yeah. how much money they put into their crazy tricks. Yeah. But on the opposite end, like, what can you do on a small scale that is something yeah. is so simple as like, oh, I'm able to trigger this that adds so much value to the experience of the show. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And not not even just for the audience, but even for the venue you're working in. Like, I mean, yeah. 
I understand uh, you have the artists come in and they're kind of diva ish and they're like, yeah. you know, here's what I need from you. And you got to realize you are one of 300 people that this sound yep. engineer or this lighting engineer or this venue is going to work with this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as important as this show is to you, they've got other projects they've got to deal with. Even, you know, there's three music rooms in this venue. Yeah. They're not worried about your music cue. Right. So if you come in and you got it all laid out and you know you can take care of it yourself, not only are you feeling better because it's going to be a better show for the audience, Mm -hmm. but the venue is going to be like, thank God. Like, we like working with this person. Yeah. We're going to have them back. You know, because it's not not drama. Yeah. The easier and the more self-sufficient you are. Yeah. You walk in and you're simple and you do your thing and then you leave and they go, God, that guy was a breeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely have him back. Oh yeah. That's a that's and that's a huge part of like the business side of entertainment is totally you know, not just do you do a good performance, but yeah. are you a good person and do people want to work with you? Yeah, so totally. Yeah, that all around that kind of self contained stuff is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you can take it, like you like no matter what level you are there are steps that you can take to really when you're entertaining you're creating a world that right. you want to bring people into for however long your show is for 90 minutes you want people to forget the outside world yep and so there are steps you can take at every level to oh, yeah. further improve that effort oh yeah like no matter how much money you have in your back pocket absolutely there's, there's stuff you can do mm-hmm. i mean in in even if it's like there's guys who who would say, oh, I'd love to use music during my, you know, set of performance mm-hmm. or whatever, but I, I'm not going to spend, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars on a triggering system. Sure. Well, for years, what I did is I had an iPod in my case, and I ran a little wire down the table so no one would see it to yeah. direct box, and I literally made a playlist on iTunes that was, here's my first track, and it's set to fade out, and yeah. then I had a 20-minute blank track that it just ran into. So the tr- uh, they they introduce me, I fire off that track, I start yeah. my show, it fades out, and it just is continuously playing 20 minutes of blank track. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, when I want the next track, I just hit next, and it fires it off, and when that track's Jeez. done, it just plays 20, 20 minutes of blank track. Right. You know, So sometimes it's like, yeah, you may need a MacGyver and mm-hmm. figure out a, yeah. an economical way, but it doesn't have to look cheap or feel cheap to the right. audience, you know? And you can smartphone on. I mean, we oh, say yeah. this all the time on the show. If you're listening to this, odds are you have a smartphone yeah, in your pocket. Totally. So put it on airplane mode. Do the same thing. Like insert yeah. a 20 minute track in between every single track to give you buffer and just hit next. Like, totally. And now there genius. is. Uh, if anyone is still listening after all this geek out about <laughs> <laughs> magic shows, yeah. Uh, but there's even apps now. Like there's one called Go Button that you can literally. It's like advanced uh, playlist technology, so you can. You can create these insane cues for music, and literally it's a one-button cue. So you've already pre-programmed it to do what you want when mm-hmm. you want to do it, yeah. and you or your sound engineer literally just hits the same button when, when the cue fires off. And it's so great. Yeah, it's great. God, I can't it. wait to get on the internet after this. <laughs> <laughs> stuff up. God. It's, it's funny, man. I started off when I was a kid, played guitar, and mm-hmm. I played in bands in high school, and I've mm-hmm. always been like a gear nut. So yeah. when I when I started doing magic professionally, it just became like, okay, how can I use gear to make this yeah. funner? It's God, a... That totally speaks to me. I'm, I love to tinker. I love yeah. to work with my hands and like you know, Legos and Erector sets and stuff growing up was, that was my thing. And so like to get in and geek out and try to figure out stuff in the software is like, 
I enjoy that almost as much as I enjoy actually being on stage and playing music. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. And I enjoy having friends like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just want stuff to work. Oh God. <laughs> I want to walk in and it work. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird for the amount of time I spent touring, fixing Yeah, other being behind things. the board. <laughs> well, that's probably why. You're like, hey, when uh, I do my thing, I want to be able to chill a little bit. Yeah. 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 So, speaking of experiences. Okay. I'll let you choose. What is either a the worst entertainment experience you've ever had, or what is the weirdest entertainment experience you've ever had? All right, well, or the, both. I'll the worst both. entertainment experience yeah. I had was I worked at a mega church for many years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if we want to leave that in or not. <laughs> Do we, no, we leave that? This in. is this is a safe place. Oh, it's yeah. up to you. No. Um, I've had, I mean, I've had crazy shows, everything that goes wrong, you know, every, like, uh, I've had, uh, people introduce me at a corporate event, you know, I do a lot of after dinner shows and things like Mm -hmm. that. And it's funny because you're always a surprise performance, you know, like, and if you're in like a, a band that plays corporate events, nobody came to see the band. You might be the best part of the event, but nobody knew they were going to see that band, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's funny when you get up there and they're like, all right, uh, before we introduce the band, I just want to let you know uh, we got some sad news. Uh, Bob and his family was headed out here and they got in an accident and uh, Bob's not going to make it. But, you know, we're going to still celebrate the year. Uh, and here's a magician. <laughs> and here's a magician. Yeah. And it's like, uh, what do you do then? Man. What do you do when somebody like tells terrible news right before you get up for... <laughs> And 45 magician. minutes. All right. Yeah. So, moment of silence for Bob. And then who else yeah. is a magic? Totally. God. I, just to put this in perspective for people, I'm guessing this happens more often than people think it does. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I had um, last, uh, no, two years ago, uh, I was doing a corporate Christmas party for this massive company. Mm-hmm. Like, if I told you the company, people would know this company. And I get up to do the show, and the the CEO had had several beverages, several adult beverages yeah. right before the show. And he gets up and he goes, "Well, guys, it's been a rough year. Let's be honest, things are Let's happening in the world, and uh, new new things are happening with the business. And we don't know if we'll all be here next year, but huh. yeah, it's let's not that let that ruin our night. Here's the comedian." <laughs> Oh and then I get up, and that <sighs> night they didn't mention to me that uh, ha- over half of the audience didn't speak English at all. And I'm doing a comedy magic act. Yeah. Which not only do the, I mean, the jokes don't translate sure. physically. And it was just death. It was just oh complete death. God. So I will say, did you have a translator? I did not. Because uh, I, I just imagine the sign language person at the yeah. festivals, and they have to like learn your tricks <laughs> right. to where the whole time they're like doing it and like performing the magic while they. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've worked with translators before, and I and I now you know ask new questions when I have yeah <laughs> you know concern that maybe we need to have a translator yeah. there. That's um, one of those loops that you learn to close only by experience. Mm. Oh yeah, but it's just you don't like you don't know what you don't know. Right. Well, and like working with a translator, it's like, okay, I plan to do an hour show. Well, I have to wait after everything I do for them to catch up. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that hour show just became a 40 minute show, you know? Right. And Mm -hmm. it was like, you just, things that you learn on the fly and 
Yeah. I have to figure out for later. Yeah. It's so much similarity. Just the the sheer act of being on a stage and presenting anything to a room full of people is right. like the what we do specifically is really like the minor detail. All yep. the other stuff is oh, so yeah. similar. Yeah, and people and people uh rightfully so because you know if you're not in it you don't understand it but everything mm-hmm. looks so glamorous totally and people are like oh you got to travel you know and you got to do this thing <laughs> and it's like yeah. he's like yeah i haven't seen my family in four days right. because i performed for 45 minutes to a group of people who didn't know they were going to see a show right <laughs> i saw a lot like, of parking lots I, yeah 18 and, hours yeah. in an airport yeah right Love that Holiday Inn Express free coffee. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's glamour. That, well, th- this trip is hilarious because we've, I've been through Nashville probably a dozen times. Yeah. But I've never seen Nashville until this trip. Because yeah. Because I've always just, it's like an airplane, uh, Uber, a hotel, a venue, and then yep. back again. Yep. So it's, um, yeah, it's one of, the, it's a weird life. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But it's like, when it's what you not like not just want to do but it's what you have to do the thought of doing anything else yeah. like the thought for me of going to a 9 to 5 and sitting at a desk is suffocating yeah like crunching no my my version of hell as far as work is concerned would be to do math all day at a desk in a cubicle <sighs> i I just like yeah gives me mad anxiety to even think about that i would it would be soul sucking right and, would, and to someone else that might be their joy totally and that's yeah that's great but it's like you said you have to do the thing you have to do it's mm-hmm. my uh my buddy christian he, he lives here in town and he's a drummer and he's he says it's a curse it's a beautiful curse yeah he's like if someone said to me you want to make you want to make a hundred grand sitting at a desk you know for 60 hours a week or Mm -hmm. do you want to make 20 grand playing drums on tour he's like yeah i'm gonna take the 20 grand i'm gonna play 20 grand yeah it's just not worth the trade-off no because that stuff translates to just like to your relationships to your friends to your family yeah you become a bitter person if you're not fulfilled yes and you just you know irritable i just don't want to talk to anybody just it's not worth the trade-off i'd much rather have less money and be elated with my life yeah. than have a bunch of money and hate it yeah it's no good and i i joked about it earlier but uh i worked for years and years i worked at a church mm-hmm. and um had a lot of great friends and a lot of great experiences there but also was a very unhealthy environment the one sure. that i was in and um and my wife could tell you i mean we the 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 toll it took on my family for me to be spending so much time and so much energy um, to make someone else's dream a reality mm-hmm. rather than to go, hey, it's okay to be, uh, to be, hey, what do I want to do? Yeah. You know, what do I want my life to be about? Yeah. And, and it's, having lived both sides, it's pretty incredible to be yeah. on the other end. It's a, it's a lot easier to to appreciate it when you've had the bad. Yeah. And I, on the one hand, you want to, like, do a format like this. I want to be able to reach through the camera or through the microphone and tell people, like, skip the bad part. But you kind of don't want to deprive them of that at the same time because it's fuel for the fire to yeah. to really appreciate the good when you have it. It's like yeah. a relationship. Like, I would never appreciate my wife to the degree that I do if I hadn't dated some losers before her. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just wouldn't know how. I'd know that I have it good, but I wouldn't know how good I have it. Right. And it's like any positive change. Yeah. Really. Like yeah. any aspect you want to look at it, whether, you know, your physical health, relationships, mm-hmm. your job. Yeah. You know, I think hopefully you don't spend half your life in torment by it because you won't make change. But yeah, the biggest impacts you have in your life are the ones that are stem from, I can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know what this turns me into and what kind of person this makes me. And, yeah, you know right flipping that switch you're like i'm never going back to that yeah yeah and it's a good reminder that because there's always going to be moments as an artist where where you just you know it's a roller coaster it's up and down and so one week you're like i can't imagine doing anything else with my life and literally three days later you'll be at some airport with a canceled flight and you're going to miss the gig and you're going to not make the money and you go what the hell am i doing yeah and if you never experienced the other way of living, where you had a nine to five, where you had mm-hmm. to report, where you knew that everything you were doing was just making someone else wealthy. Yeah. It's good to be able to think in those moments of desperation, like, you know what? I know, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. There's something about having tried to do something different and now doing this that you're like, okay, it's yeah. all worth it. It gets you through. Yeah. It can feel when you're asking yourself those questions when you're making that decision of do I do the the regular or do I go after what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. When you're an artist and a creator, it can feel very selfish to ask yeah. yourself that question. Oh, like, yeah. what do I want? Because you you, I think there's a part in my experience. There was a part of me that skipped that part of does this matter, and I felt like I didn't ask myself that question. I only asked do I want to do this? And it, it felt so selfish to me. And then years later, I've come back to being like, does this matter? Well, hell yeah, it does. Yeah. The medium that I am contributing through greatly matters. Yes. And it brings joy and value to other people. Mm-hmm. Like you're suspending disbelief or suspending belief for people for, or disbelief, suspending disbelief. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Carry the two. Suspending <laughs> disbelief for people for an hour Mm. and like that brings joy they get to like they leave and they talk about that and they wonder and they it reignites imagination yeah and i'm I'm sure especially at corporate events you have people who are sitting in an office for eight hours a day right just completely this is life it's normal and it's checks and balances and da 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 and so to give them that hour yeah is like a breath of fresh air oh it's the best man you know it's the best and i think as you're saying you know, you almost have to give yourself permission to say, what do I really want to do? Because mm-hmm. as an artist and e- everyone, w- whether you're an actor or you're a musician or you're a, you know, a, a comedian, even when you start doing this and making money at it, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily doing the thing you want to do. Right. You might be playing in a venue doing music that you don't like that, that style of music, but it's yeah. like, it's a paycheck or you know, you're you're doing comedy in a bowling alley, or you're yeah. acting for a dentist commercial, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah. it's it, it's almost more challenging because you're like, it's this close to the thing I want to do, but it's not the thing I want to do. Totally. And the, you know, for years I would always just ask, not what do I want to do, but what will people pay me to do? What will they let yeah. me come and do? What will they give yeah. me permission to be a part of? Yeah. And the minute I was just like, you know what? It's okay to think about what brings me joy. Mm-hmm. I swear, all of a sudden, the audience finds more joy. Yeah. Because you start connecting with people who 
who are looking for that same kind of thing you're wanting to give. Mm. And it's and it's not a selfish thing. It's totally appropriate to go. Yeah. There's a reason I have this passion or this gift or this ability, and it's not just to kind of do the thing. Right. I need to do the thing. And just because it's on a stage and I'm the center of attention to do that, it doesn't make it self-serving. Yes. That's another thing that is tough to come to grips with. Yeah. Especially, um, like from a if from a moral standpoint of like, I can't be a selfish person. I don't want to be, right. you know, it's, it's bad for me to focus on myself all the time. Yeah. And like, and you, the two are not the same. No. Being selfish, being self-centered is not the same as excelling at a craft that puts you in a position of viewership. Right. As a result. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like that just happens to be a byproduct of wanting to give if anything, you have the opportunity to give to a whole slew of people at once rather than just one-to-one all the time. Right. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Man. And for some of us, we grew up in environments, whether this was at home or, I mean, for me growing up in the, the church environment that I was in, mm-hmm. uh, it it was not appropriate to think of what you want to do. It was always about the vision of this place or this person. Right. And And so it took, I mean, man, I'm 37 now, and it took me five years to stop feeling guilty Mm -hmm. to want to do something different. Yep. And, um, a a friend of mine is a stand-up comedian and he's, he's had some huge success. And I asked him, what was a turning point for you? And he said, one day I was walking out of the comedy in magic club in in uh, Hermosa beach down in LA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this is great club. It's Leno still performs there every Sunday night. Like it's just a great spot. And he was walking out, and the show went great. He's like, that night the audience was just with me, right? Yeah. And I walked out, and I looked across the street, and I saw a man who was living on the street. And in my head, I thought, how could I make that guy laugh? And he and he's he's like, I can't. I can't make him laugh. I don't. I mean, look at his life and what he's dealing with. Yeah. And then he had this shift of mindset, and he said, what could I do to give him an opportunity to laugh? Mm. Right. And a lot of times comedians and performers and musicians mm-hmm. – we want people to go, you're great. You're the best. I love that sure. song. This is my favorite band, and it's all about the performer. Mm-hmm. But the ones that stick with us, it, it it becomes more about our journey and what, you know, they wrote a yeah. song that took us to a place. Or yeah. And I think as performers, if we can shift that mindset, I know it's, it's hard when you're like, I just got to pay the bills and I got to do my thing. But if you can shift the mindset to be, how can I... How can I help them have an experience they couldn't have if we didn't pick up these instruments? Right. I swear, you get all that joy that you give, it all comes back, man. Yeah, and it makes it less about you and more about the thing, the product, the, yeah. the experience. Like, if you write a song, like, pe- yes, people are in love with bands, to be certain. Right. But people are really in love with songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like this song reminds me of That's when true, I was 17 yeah. and I was riding in my truck and whatever and went on a date with this girl that I'd had a crush on for two years. Yeah. They don't go, that band makes me think of that. No, it's that song. Yeah. And that's what you want to give people. Yeah. You separate it from yourself. And that and that's the way to create lasting art. Yeah. Like that's how the Mona Lisa is a thing. People aren't out here praising Da Vinci. They're looking at that picture. Mm. That's you right. Know? Well, how many people, I mean, there's always the conversation, what do you think that song's really about? And right. I think it's mm-hmm. about this, and I think yeah. it's about that. And 
you know, there's certain songs that allow interpretation and allow people to be yeah. part of it. I love it when an artist or a band will not tell what yeah. the song is <laughs> yeah. about. I love that because yeah. the, it doesn't matter. Whatever compelled them to write it is important to them. Right. But the song ultimately is what it's about for you. Right. Like I've had plenty of songs that are about something negative that have a positive connection yeah. of memory for me because of when I experienced that music. Mm. And that's and so that's what the song's about for me. It doesn't matter that the song's about something really, really bad and morose. Right. What it's about for me is going to the beach because yeah. I was into that band yeah. and that record when I was driving to the beach. Yep, totally. So mm. that's rad, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, music's man. cool. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I feel like I'm just kind of like resting in that for a second. Why is why do we think it's so hard? Like why? to be okay with wanting to be great because i feel like there's a bit of a dichotomy with the arts Mm -hmm. like if you want to be an nba player or a football player or sports in general sure which to me like maybe not arts but is entertainment like yeah it is expected you have to be the best Mm -hmm. you tell people you want to be the best you look the other person in the eye and say i'm going to beat you because i'm the best yeah right why is it that entertainers and creative people feel so bad about wanting to be great? Um, well, I think with athletics, there is a physical manifestation of your hurdle in the form of the other person, the other mm. team. Um, and so the way that you – and also the way that you win is a lot more clear-cut. Right. Who mm. had who put more points on the board or yeah. who – had less strokes behind the ball. It's it's black and white. Like the winner is clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In music, in, in the arts, period, it's not the the definition of success as an artist is so wide ranging. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one person, it can simply be the fact that they put something down on paper that is success. Like, you know, I'm a I'm a father of three kids and I have a normal job, but the fact that I sat down and wrote a book over the last thirty years and finally finished it is a success to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it sells a copy. Right. So but to other people they will settle for nothing less than a platinum record and then mm-hmm. they don't feel successful. Huh. Um I don't know. I just I think that in athletics and in in business and finance, like numbers games, period, mm-hmm. just you know, math doesn't lie. So right. it's it's a lot easier to uh, to quantify whether or not you did the thing that you aim to do. We want to grow by 22% this year. Mm-hmm. Did we grow by 22%? Yes. Uh, but I don't know. The arts is different. We're just like such feeling creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is subjective. Do I Everything feel is... like I did a good job right. <laughs> regardless of what the math says? That's really what like. Well, that's why. And that's why you have some actors and directors who make millions and then go i feel empty like totally because i'm still making stuff that i don't care about right because Mm -hmm. i you know we live and die based on how the last gig went or how Mm -hmm. the last record did or yeah yeah we're all emotional messes totally (laughs) i mean i think that if for me if as long as my power stays on and i can continue to do what i love to make that happen that's winning for me Mm -hmm. yeah that's it. Yeah. Like, if anything beyond that is an absolute gift, and I'll take it 
But right. as long as I can keep the power on and my kid and my wife happy, like that's it. And I don't have yep. to go do anything else. Cool. And I'm willing to hustle. I, this is a thing that in only in the last few years that it has happened to me, you were talking about feeling guilty for so long about making that change. And for me, I could not, gra- I just grappled so hard with the, with the idea of this being my craft. I always felt like I had to get a big boy job eventually. Right. Like I can do music for a while, but eventually yeah. I'm going to have to get a real job because I'm going to have to have a family and have to have a house and stuff like that. Yeah. And only in the last few years have I been like, no, this is what I do. This is my contribution yes. to the world. And I will do whatever I have to do and hustle as hard as I have to hustle yeah. for the rest of my life at this because right. that's what I do. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Because there's this idea that, I mean, how many people give themselves a cutoff? By the time I turn 35, I did. if I have not made it, mm-hmm. I need to do something else. Yep. And it's like, well, if you spent 15, 20 years doing this thing, mm-hmm. and now you're going to go jump into another industry you know nothing about. Right. Yeah, you, you're going to have to take some gigs you don't want to do. Sure. You're gonna You might be a vocalist, and, y- you know... You want to make music, but you're going to take a gig doing voiceovers for movies or for TV shows because right. that one commercial is going to pay your bills for six months. Right. Do it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're not doing the thing you want to yeah. do. I, I read somewhere – I'm probably going to butcher this, but I think I remember reading somewhere recently that the girl who is uh, flow for Progressive oh, yeah. makes something like 500 grand a year doing that gig. Yeah. I guarantee you when she started her acting career, right. probably, <laughs> probably felt like – Felt pulled to it as a child. Right. Wasn't like I'm gonna be the spokesperson yeah. for a major insurance company. <laughs> right. She was like, I'm gonna be, you know, the next big thing. I'm gonna be a Hollywood blockbuster actress. Yeah. She wasn't gonna be the progressive girl, but I guarantee you she doesn't hate that paycheck and she still gets to do what she loves. Yeah. She's oh, still yeah. like she still doesn't have to go and like hawk hawk tennis shoes at the mall. Oh yeah. You know? Dude, I this is important too. I think because you do the corporate world a lot, you also do club shows that are totally your own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I And to be fair, I can own this because I did this exact same thing on the front half of my 20s where I, I thought all this was bad, where it's okay. Like, it's better right. to do magic for you, even if it isn't exactly your set or you have to customize it to your client or you know tell some of the stories that they want you to tell, than to not be doing magic. The same way that, like, playing music, if you are built to play music, even if it's a gig where, like, you might not love the music, okay, so that doesn't need to be the last gig you play till you die, but isn't playing music in some capacity better than bartending or better than working a job that makes you miserable? Yep. And unfortunately, I think we see a lot of people, again, myself included, I totally did this, and this is a recent thing that I've had to, like, battle with internally, where... It's okay to do things that aren't the perfect thing. Isn't it still better to like be fulfilling a part of that piece of your soul than to just be like, well, if it's not, if I'm not in Maroon 5, then I don't want, (laughs) I'm not in. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, there's the idea of like people go, oh, you sold out because you play in this band that is not what you're passionate about. You know, there is. I think the only time you sell out is when you stop doing anything that you're passionate about. God, preach. Do you know what I mean? Totally like, Because yes. I, I have friends. Look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I complain a lot about corporate entertainment. Because sure. 
bro, like I, I think all of us dream of doing a show that people came to see. Mm-hmm. They bought a ticket with the name of your group or yeah. with, with your name on it. That's the dream, because yeah. then you can do the the thing you really want to do. Absolutely. As long as you're borrowing an audience from someone else, you're gonna have to tailor it to them. Yeah. So yeah, there's things that come with that, but at the same time. I hustle constantly doing shows that I make no money at that bring me joy points. Mm -hmm. So I'll be in Colorado, you know, doing a gig that's going to help pay our mortgage that month. And all I can think about, you know, staying at the four seasons, all I can think about is, Hey, in two days I get to go to LA and perform in the back of a comic book store and probably 12 people will show up, but I get to work with my friends and we're going to do the stuff we really care about. Yep. And I feel like the only time you can really say you sold out, is when you're not willing to go do something because it doesn't pay. Yeah. You're not willing to go do something that you love mm-hmm. be just because you love it. Yeah. Like, once it becomes all about, well, I'll do these, you know, I'll only do progressive commercials, <laughs> you mm, know? Right. I'm sure Flo does some community theater somewhere that she oh, loves. Guaranteed. That and doesn't that's, pay that's the bills. That's her bucket mm-hmm. filler. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so to me, I, it is a balance. There's always going to be things that you got to do to pay the bills, but... Yeah. Just don't rob yourself of doing the other stuff too. It's not. Yeah. It's not like you can't do something just because it's not high paying. Yeah. Heard that. <laughs> it's the life, man. It is, man. <sighs> and that's what's yeah. funny too is it's like you know you guys are so much in the music world and mm-hmm. I'm in kind of like the magic and comedy world. Yeah. But every artist deals with the same kind of stuff. It's, it's the this same massive. Thing. Yeah. Crossover. You're not a special snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> and that's dude that's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show mm. to talk about how similar yeah. all these creative paths are there's such a similarity like it's not yeah we're we're the music stuff show but it is not by any stretch of the imagination specific to to that business yeah it happens so just if you're an artist and a creative person that stuff it's yeah. just it comes with the territory. Well, that's You're why it's not so, alone. It's so cool that you guys are doing this show because, you know, even even in music, I know that guys will do this with like I'm a guitar player. You know, drummers don't really get it, or drummers well, will yeah, be like, totally. you don't really get yeah. it. You know, you're a keyboard player yeah. or whatever it is, and it's like. You can learn from anybody. Yeah. Mm. And and the more you talk with people in different fields and different aspects of entertainment, you realize. We're all the same creature just trying mm-hmm. to do our thing the way we want to do it. Yeah. And the more the more we get rid of this crap of like I've got to be a self-made person and I got to act like I got my crap Dude, together. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the toughest things in this business is you're going to go out tonight and you're going to go to a club and you're going to see people that you saw on Facebook just booked a gig that you wanted to do mm-hmm. or someone else is doing a session and you're like, "Man, I wanted that." Yeah. And you're going to feel like they've got it all. And what you don't realize is they're spending every dime they made at Subway this morning mm-hmm. to buy drinks and play the game tonight. Yep. And if we can just let go of all that crap and talk to each other and realize that we could help one yeah. another. Yeah. Because you might know something I don't know. Yep. And you might have some you know tip that you figured out that's going to help yeah. me out. Or I can do the same for you. And you winning doesn't come at my expense. Yes, buddy. Mm. <laughs> Dude, you winning. And if, you're uh, in, if we're in the same community, you yeah. winning actually helps me win a little bit too. Yes. Like, because if, like, let's say I'm a magician too. Yeah. And 
you and I are buddies and you think that I'm all right with what I do and you're great at what you do and I'm just trying to keep up or whatever. Like if you make it up, I'm in your like yes. Rolodex of people to call. Like maybe you need an opener. Maybe you need right. maybe you get called for a gig that you is you are above at this point. Yeah. Well dude, Tom will do it. Right. If the money's right for him, throw him a bone. Like Right. Just be kind to one another and like embrace the community. Mm. Oh, yeah. We're all part of the same thing, man. Mm. Oh, dude. I love it. I get so fired up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you know, I have friends who write for TV shows. And, yeah. you know, nobody ever gets the job because they sent a writing packet to a production company <laughs> cold call. No. Like, no, nobody gets that job. No. Nope. Here's how you get the job. Your friend gets a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> or your friend, you know, starts working on a project and they yep. go, who do we know? And this is where uh, Steve Martin comes to mind to me because Steve was the guy who said, if you want to do comedy and you live in Ohio, you can do comedy, mm-hmm. but you got to move to L.A., New York or Chicago. Yep. Because you got to be where it's happening. It's true. That's why so many people that do music come to Nashville, That's right? Absolutely right. And his reason is, it's not that there aren't opportunities; they're they're happening every day. Mm-hmm. But you got to be within pointing distance. Yep. You know, like when they go, yep. "Who are we going to get? Uh, you come here." You yep. know. Mm-hmm. And that's why what you're saying is like not just being about your thing, but being a good person and hanging out just to hang, not to network, not to market, yeah. mm-hmm. just to hang. The best way to get a gig on you yeah. know, Jimmy Fallon's TV show is to have been friends with Jimmy Fallon. Totally. Yep. It's yeah. like, and it doesn't, and it also doesn't always equate to just going to the bar yeah. and having drinks. Like you can hang out, like even if you're not hanging out in person all the time, just like right. touching base, grabbing coffee, yeah, like commenting, using social media as the tool that it's actually for, man. Like <laughs> comment and support one another, like yeah. send a DM, like dude, the video just posted sick. Love it. Yeah. Like, no, want nothing in return just like yeah. being a supportive voice because like on the other side of that how great does it feel when a friend or somebody who's in the same business sends you a message on one of the social media channels and says wow what you just posted is great or right or that's so leaves good, a thoughtful man. comment it's like oh man that makes me feel really good as dumb as that may be like it helps well and that's a brilliant action <laughs> step for anybody who's sitting there right now going i don't have any work i don't have any projects i don't have any prospects i don't know what am i going to do yeah take six hours today and just send messages to people just and give think, you know just yeah just give i mean i spent a lot of time in rental cars driving in nowheresville usa mm-hmm. i get on the bluetooth and i just start calling friends and checking in with them and seeing how they're Dude. doing and mm-hmm. and not in a that. way where it's like if i do this it's going to lead to something but sure I made the mistake for years and years, up until like two and a half years ago. I didn't really, I had friends that were entertainers, but I didn't really go, how could I, how could I just invest in people and, and just build relationship? Yeah. And since I've done that, I swear all these great things have come along. Mm -hmm. Opportunities that I had no connection with. Yep. But you got to kind of, you got to kind of treat life like it's summer camp. I'm here to have fun, <laughs> yeah. and I'm here to make best friends. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, that's Dude, so good. absolutely. Like, everybody goes to camp when they're a kid, and they yeah. have the best time ever. Why? Because you said, I'm here to have fun, and I'm here to make friends. And if we do that, when you go to the club and stop trying to, like, posture yourself as, like, mm. I'm this, this yeah. I'm waiting mm. for someone to come notice me. <laughs> no, get in someone else's world God. and care about them and... It'll Dude, be summer camp. I think <laughs> I love that. I think that's a, a really appropriate place to end our conversation. Honestly, that 
life is like summer camp. That's I so think that's good. a perfect note to to leave everybody with. Sweet. Thank you um, guys for letting me do dude, this. Dude, of course. I will. Before we bounce. Yeah. Number one, I know we alluded to it, but Taylor has a podcast that you should check out. Oh, yeah. Called About to Break. About to Break. That literally is conversations about people that are about to lose it. Yeah, trying to break into the industry before it breaks you. So Where can they find it? Uh, aboutttobreakpodcast.com is the website. Okay. And, or you could just search About to Break on wherever you get music, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. And uh, is there a website, social media handles that you want to tell anybody about? to connect with you um my stuff if anyone wants to chat is uh my website's just taylorhughes.com and all my social stuff is i'm taylor hughes i am okay which is really confusing because it's m taylor hughes yeah (laughs) m taylor hughes yep so yeah anything else you want the people to know before we bounce no man go go have fun go play don't forget to play Mm. you know I love it. Too love serious. It. Well, dude, thanks for taking the time to, <laughs> yeah. to chat with us. Thank we you appreciate it. for having me. Absolutely. Right on. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching and listening. Okay, bye. It's that time for Ask Tom and Vance. Bam. You ready for this week's question? Yeah, I'm going home. Okay. I feel like I had to dance. Uh, 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 let's get it. Hey, this is Alec from Nashville. Um, I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit about ways to improve uh, music theory, specifically chord progressions, what you guys used to kind of develop your ear when you were uh, working on that in your younger days. Love the show. Can't wait to hear from you guys. All right. Uh, That's a good question. That's actually kind of outside of uh, stuff we've talked about yet. Maybe we should do an episode on that kind of thing. We've avoided that for a while. Yeah. Uh, For me, I just tried to learn songs that I liked. And then as time went on, tried to figure out what I was doing after that. Like I would, I would try to learn how to play the songs. And then once I knew the songs, then I'd try to figure out all the specifics and all the theory and stuff attached to what I already knew how to play. I was similar. Uh, I was playing, I probably played music for like easily somewhere in between 12 and 15 years before mm-hmm. I ever tried to learn one thing about music yeah. theory. Yeah. Uh, I believe consumption is the best way in terms of loving what you do. And I feel like there's people that might have arguments for different ways. People that are like brilliant players that are far beyond Tom yeah. or I that are classically trained and insane. and. If that's your desire, I'm not telling you that's wrong, but I think if you are getting started and your desire is that you want to play music, but you're learning how to play music, the best place to start is with what you already love. So whatever that band, artist, whoever is, consuming that kind of music that you're excited to learn because you want to be able to play along with that, uh, I think theory is like a deeper extension of that. It's just like learning deeper language because that's really all music is. Music is a language that you communicate through. And well, sort of like you, so you live your whole life breathing and drinking water, and only when you get to a point in school that you're curious about why you do those things do you really go down the rabbit hole of learning the biology of a human being and why we need water and air. Yeah, it is the thing that lets you know why things work. Yeah. But you don't have to have it to be able to work. Yeah. But if you're starting out, that's what I would say. Yeah. Start with start with what you love and focus more on learning how to play the things that you love. And then over time, you can 
learn why those things work as yeah. you become more intermediate and advanced and carry on down that road.